0: And if you can believe it, this is the Hoop Fiend Season 3, Episode 1. Welcome back to the NBA podcast that cares just as much about drama as those guys over in Brooklyn. We have an absolutely jam-packed episode for you guys. We have an awesome agenda laid out for you. Thank you so much for joining us. We're diving right into our version of our season preview, talking about predictions, talking about some stuff that's been coming up in the news. And just to lay of the land as we enter the 2022 NBA season, fellas, how we do tonight.
1: I simply cannot believe basketball is back already. It feels no, like it's just, exhausted. It's the
0: shortest offseason in history. I mean, yeah. I think we say that these past threes. I can't believe this is actually our third season.
1: Yeah, I mean, the seasons have been flying by. I feel like we jumped into the NBA podcasting world at the right time because, It's basically been endless action right from the end of COVID, the COVID season, ending in July, kicking right back into it. It's been nonstop basketball action.
0: 100%, especially this offseason too. I feel like there's borderline been enough material to cover because there's just been so much going on with players talking about things on media day, saying outrageous comments, talking about how James Harden just wants more attention for taking a smaller deal. We can hear the cries. We can hear the wambulance in Philadelphia all the way here in North Jersey. It's ridiculous. But you, we wanted to save it until we were right at the precipice, right before the season started.
2: Yeah, definitely. Um, so, yeah, why don't we break that down? We'll talk about some of the off-season things uh, that have been going on uh, for a couple teams, and uh, we can evaluate other uh, off-season movies where necessary. Um, so I think the, the biggest one – for maybe all of NBA, but definitely within our own little network, is uh, everything that's going on from the Celtics, from losing Coach Ime Doka, to losing uh, bench depth with Danelle Gallinari, to, uh, you know, the future with Rob Williams. It's, uh, it's been a, a tough ride for the the Celtics fan base this, uh, ever since they lost the finals.
1: Yeah, I think, uh, like
2: you said, coming
1: off that finals loss, I think one of your parting thoughts uh, of losing was that you know what we're in great shape we'll be back next year maybe even with a better team like this was just this is only the beginning we're going up we're going up uh, nothing can go wrong and in fact a lot of things went wrong and it's gonna be a, <laughs> it's gonna be a theme of this beginning of the podcast where we're talking about the best teams from last year and all the things that have gone wrong in the offseason but specifically the celtics i mean Injuries happen, right? The Gallo thing, he's kind of old. Like, it's not the biggest surprise in the world that something happened uh, in international play, and you're not going to have him. Robert Williams, a little injury-prone, definitely a bad loss. Like, he's such an important part of your roster. But I think the biggest thing we're going to have to talk about and the impact on your team is the Ime Udoka situation.
2: Yeah, not, uh, not too excited about that. But, oh, no. Um... I think uh, Ime was definitely sha- shaving up to be a pretty good coach and more of a players, player's coach, and he could speak to a way to Brown, Tatum, and Marcus in a way that Brad just couldn't, and he could get a lot more out of them than they had originally in the past. He seemed like he was really, really smart and knew the locker room well, Um, number one. And he obviously instilled like, a really great defense and a really, really smart coach. Um, definitely unfortunate that it had to end, uh, the way it did with whatever was going on there. I don't really have time to or the energy to unpack whatever the heck was going on. Yeah, Um, that's for experts that are beyond our level. We don't need to talk about that. Yeah, exactly. I'm just gonna talk about that. Yeah, yeah, I'm just bummed that he's gone. He's gonna, they're gonna miss him 100%. Yeah,
0: I think this is actually the finest example that I can think of. Just off top, maybe if I thought more about it, I could think of one. But it's just a prime example of coaching does matter in the NBA. I think a lot of people are like, oh, no, like strategy for coaching is just the NFL. Or maybe it will be like, there's such stars out there in the court, like what are coaches really doing? They're not drawing out plays like other sports are. But it, it really does come down to like things you mentioned, like, like locker room culture and just the way that he won 80 the team last year and how far they got. So I think this is what you can hold up to people and say, no, coaching is – just as big, if not bigger, in some cases in this league, than other other pro sports.
1: Yeah, I couldn't agree. Yeah. Uh, do you think he'll be back ever?
2: Um, I don't think he'll be back in the Celtics organization, um, unfortunately. Well, I guess fortunately, unfortunately. Um, whatever was going on with him there, I think it's probably best that they just completely clean the slate and don't let him back in the locker room. And honestly – Again, I said this, but I'm happy with the Celtics were proactive about this. Like, the second they heard about what was going on, they set up like a team to investigate all the inner workings. A lot of teams yeah. wouldn't be doing that. Obviously, look at like what's going on, with, what went on with the Suns. Um, but I know, I'm pretty sure that the suspended for one year is basically just legalese for them to work out his exit in a way that like they're not just directly firing him. But yeah, I would be surprised if he ever coaches a game in Boston again.
1: Yeah, I agree. And uh, you kind of brought up the Suns. We're definitely going to get into them in a moment. Uh, but before we do, I guess I just kind of want to talk to you about, like, uh, both you and John, obviously, the impact we think it's going to have on the court. Do we think the Celtics are going to be the same level Eastern Conference threat without Ime? I mean, to be honest, you could probably speak better to this. I don't even know who's coaching for them. No clue.
2: <laughs> do, like what, What's the impact going
1: to be on the court?
2: His name is Joe Mazzula. <laughs> who's uh, been an assistant coach with them for, I think, like four years now. So he's been around, um, which seems yeah. like they yeah, definitely man. picked him. It
1: just sucks they don't have Hardy. Because I feel like if they still had Hardy before losing him to the Horrible team. Horrible Yeah, it's like awful timing. They could have just called him up and be like, all right, you're our new coach.
2: Yeah, no, definitely. Um, so he definitely has. He's been there in, in, like, the Stevens administration too. So Brad picked him for a reason. He thinks he can probably handle the job. I'm just more curious as to how – what his relationship is with the players because I don't know. I mean, he's been there since 2019, so that's, like, after Tatum and Jalen have uh, – were already been drafted. Obviously, Smart had been there. So, a lot of these guys had already been there by the time he, like, took, some, uh, took a spot in the – with the team. So, I wonder what his rapport is with everybody. And uh, I think that's going to be the number one thing I'm going to be watching in the next coming weeks. Um, in terms of how they're gonna do this act this season again, like I don't know, a little bit of a toss up. I think losing Danello actually does hurt them a little bit. And like Danello was gonna play a lot, but um, you know, like he provides a depth and like some shooting in a way that um, you know, Blake Griffin doesn't. Who they were trying to replace him with? Oh. So uh, I'm I'm nervous. <laughs> How do you yeah, I think I
0: have, to, I have to be in the same boat of just being really skeptical. I think last year they really overperformed. Maybe not even overperformed. They've been at that point for a while in the in the in the Eastern Conference. They've been primed for a big finals run, but they overcame a huge uphill battle after the way that, that season kicked off for them. So to ask them to do it pretty much two years in a row, when you're just like handicapped from the get go. You have so many question marks just on the coaching front to see what kind of a job he can do to these guys that have been such a tight unit for a long time. Trust him, a new attitude, because every coach brings their own style of things. But also you do have those other question marks with what's Gallo going to be like when he comes back to play. I hate to see Rob Williams having another surgery so soon. That is an ugly thing to see happen. So it's tough to be confident to say finals appearance again when you're just kind of set back. But again, too, I don't think that you should be thinking that you're a playing team by any means. I think you still have, at the end of the day, this core group of people with a huge addition of just a really steady point card and Malcolm Brogdon. So it's definitely just if there is enthusiasm, it's hesitant.
1: Yeah, and I think uh, we didn't even talk about, which has been another uh, bad part of the Celtics offseason, uh, was the Kevin Durant w- uh, rumors and whether or not that's going to have an impact oh, on Jalen Brown and the locker room. Um, so, yeah, yeah ev- everything we've talked about and add that in there, and it could go one of two ways. <laughs> it could go kind of what we're alluding to. Like, they might struggle. They might just not be able to get back to where they were. Or you can look at it in a different angle, and I think this might be the side I'm leaning towards, is that Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum are just different. And this might just be more to motivation – more add more to Jason Tatum's uh mind and be like, "You know what? I got to be the MVP of this team, possibly the MVP of this league and carry this team back to where we were last year." I'm not saying it's definitely going to happen, but I think they're good enough that the Jason Tatum can k- bring his game to another level and pretty much get the Celtics back to a top team in the East. I believe. I believe.
2: Yeah, no, I'm I'm totally with you and like just listening to like how him and Jalen Brown were talking during media day, it seems that they know that they're, they seem locked in more in on like a new level now than they were only a few years ago. Right. Which not I think many, they know. Not many
1: players would be able to do that, but I think they can. I...
2: No. Yeah. I, I think, I think Tatum especially knows the weight that's going to be put on his shoulders, especially uh, I think he got a lot of deserved slack in the, uh, the last couple of games in the finals where he just didn't play well and kind of disappeared. Um. So it's definitely gonna be on him to big to step up, and again, I totally feel like this team can do it. I I'm I'm not as negative as like as you, John. I think that they still are like one of the top teams in the East. Um, it's just gonna be that I think the East has just gotten a lot better, so it's not as much as as they have like an easier path than they did may have last year.
0: Yeah, and there's not like it's not insane. To put a spin on it like wow, adversity makes you stronger. Like we've seen sports we've seen sports stories like this before. So I, I, I it wouldn't blow me away. I think I'd definitely just be hesitant to put them in as a final favorite. I'm really excited to see what these guys do. Tatum was playing at an MVP caliber in the second half of the season. So I think I think they're I think them like it's it's complicated for different reasons, but I, I just like I wouldn't bet on them or the Nets for any over unders or anything like that for this season. It's just really interesting. But I'm really excited to see where
1: it goes. Agreed. Uh, Going from kind of from another top contender to another uh, from last season, uh, the Suns obviously were in the NBA Finals two years ago, got to the Western – well, they lost to Dallas uh, before the Western Conference Finals this year. And in seven games, obviously things were a mess. There were COVID issues. No one really knows exactly uh, what happens, but Chris Paul – uh, just choked again. The Suns came up short and Dallas ended up beating them and going on to face Golden State. And this offseason season honestly brought more questions to the Suns. Um, obviously we had a lot uh, with the team sale and Sarver and what was going on there. Obviously not a lot, not easy stuff for the Suns to handle in general, but then you had a lot of stuff on the court. Like you had uh, DeAndre Ayton, right? He was the last, one of the last okay. free agents still remaining in the free agency pool Everyone kind of counted on him, like, signing with the Pacers, leaving the team, and he did sign with the Pacers, and the Suns were like, you know what, we're just going to match that. Bring him back into the fold. He's clearly unhappy. There's definitely a lot of issues there. And then you come into the preseason, and they're losing to one of my NBL teams. They literally lost to my Adelaide 36ers. NBL stand up, but it's definitely not a good sign. (laughs) It definitely definitely doesn't not matter, that's for sure. So I'm kind of curious what you guys feel about the Suns heading into this year.
0: I think it's yeah. I mean. Indicative of that, of that. Oh, I'm sorry, right? that that that, that NBL loss is indicative of this team's at.
2: Yeah, I agree. I I think they have much more worrying baggage than uh Boston does going into the season because I think unlike Boston, their big red flag this year is locker room rapport and how does Aiton fit in with the hierarchy of not only just, like, the play style, but his relationship with uh, Williams and his Turner's relationship with Booker and Chris Paul. Um, that's going to be something huge. And, and it's not like he's on, like, a, a one- or two-year deal here. You know, like, they brought him back with a max contract. Um, so he's now, like, the second-highest paid player on the team. And I've, I'm i honestly not even sure if he's, like, one of the three most important players on this team. Um, so I think, I think it's definitely going to be off. interesting. Yeah. I think it's gonna be interesting to see what his new role is moving forward because there's gonna be a lot more pressure put on him where where he could kind of hide a little bit last year. I think one of, one of the things that made him so great was that he was a good, not great force in the paint, but with such a great backcourt in Chris Paul and oh. Booker, they um were able to max uh, hide them. Um, yeah, I'm I'm worried about them in the sense that I just think they're just gonna play be be very unhappy all year.
1: <laughs> yeah. Uh I think I think they missed their window. Plain plain and simple. I think Chris Paul's not getting any younger. Uh this DeAndre Ayton thing I think is a complete disaster. And I think the team in general is just not as good as it was. I mean Jay Crowder I didn't even throw that into the talking about like what's going on in the offseason. But why is he demanding a trade? Like I feel like there's He's really- like,
2: get me out of here. Get me into the Hawks. Like that
1: <laughs> I feel like no. that says more than it like or it should say more than people are leading on. Like what Jay Crowder has been like a valued veteran on like finals teams the past like four years and he wants to get the hell out of there. Like, I don't think it's a good sign. I think, I think they'll still be okay, but definitely, I don't think, I think their window's over. I cannot see them making any sort of run anymore.
0: When we were talking about media day with the Celtics, it's like, yeah, things are horrible, but at least like you, you mentioned that Brown and Tatum looked good together, Riley. There's been so many memes going around about Ian's media day comments He was like, Yeah, it's like, it's good to be here. It's really half hearted. Then there was that like advertisement or like stadium video with Aiden and he's trying to pump up the crowd. He sounded so deflated. Like, it's not a good look at all. It's really good. country. Let's ride. (laughs) Yes, country. Let's die. I was about to bring that up to Steve. Like, there, this. If there is a window, it is this year because they're not going to be able to pay Cam Johnson. Did they pay Cam Johnson? No. No, like, he's a great player. They're like, no matter how, how, like, much you may value him, like, he has value in the league. He doesn't want to contract. Like, like I just don't think he's going to stay around. I think campaign fell off, like, a, I think that guy's skills
1: fell off a bridge. And oh, he, he's he's a actually the reason him. the Suns lost to the NBL team, because he was playing, like, dog shit. <laughs>
0: <laughs> he was really bad in the playoffs last year, man. I think he actually was going, was battling through some injuries, but that didn't look like it. It's, it is scary. I think Bridges always comes up in trade rumors, like, I think had Durant gone there, Bridges would have been way off. So I think it's like the easy thing to say. We're definitely going to talk about this later. It's the easy thing to say that they're going to underperform this year, but it's, sometimes it's the right thing.
1: Yeah. Anything else to say about Suns or shall we move on?
2: We'll definitely yeah, talk about- I mean, I, I, yes. I, I, I definitely think it's fun to like be smoking the Suns pack though because I definitely think in the playoffs last year – people were really really got sick of them and Booker and Booker's now kind of like a villain turn so it'll be crazy to see how this team responds to that and again especially if they start playing a little bit more mediocre just how this team reacts yeah. to like everything going on well the,
1: what i would have said in the past is the one thing we got going for him is they have great coaching but like as much as i love him i feel like he's kind of i don't know if he lo- I don't want to say lost the locker room but monty like his relationship with DeAndre is a mess as we already highlighted i mean like I said, Chris Paul's not getting older and how he manages that's gonna be interesting because he doesn't really have a backup point guard. They lost a lot of depth. If Jay Crowder is not gonna be playing, I think I think it's gonna be fun to watch and I think it's gonna be a disaster, but that's that'll be fun to watch. So
0: <laughs> I know we said I, just, I know we said we were done with this like five minutes ago, but last thing on the signs. <laughs> I just want to say who fiends stand up. We were so out on this team in the in our first inaugural season when they went to the finals, we are just like, I just don't know. We don't trust <laughs> them. The biggest thing was like, we they are not fun and God are they not fun. I love those memes that go around. It's like when the Suns beat the Magic in like the 20th game of the season and they're like working out in the locker room. They, they just had that attitude that they've won something since the start and they ain't won shit.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, We're done. Hoop Fiends officially off the Suns. Maybe like a seed this year that's well given i don't know yeah that's, that's fair my, that's my ultimate prediction um last team that we definitely need to talk about and where i kind of want to close things out with some offseason news um obviously the former nba champs my golden state warriors uh their offseason was going relatively smoothly i mean you had james wiseman coming back you had i mean you lost Otto porter but you have moody you have Kaminga. You bring in Dante DiVincenzo. Everyone's coming back. Everything's like, all right, we're going to have a title defense here. And then, boom, a week ago, we have the Draymond-Jordan pool incident. And you you had questions, Are were there going to be a championship hangover? Were they going to be able to repeat their success? Well, now the questions are here because there's going to be a lot of drama surrounding this team, especially in the coming weeks. What was your guys' initial reaction when – I mean, this news dropped. I think it was a crazy bomb.
2: Uh, yeah, it was mostly me being like, "How do I explain to my kids, my son, one day that Draymond Green punched Jordan Poole in the face?" And then when he when I got when he got the video, it was crazy too. Like, because he like actually like sucker punched him? It. It like <laughs> Falcon punch from Draymond Green. Um, yeah, it was a uh, pretty wild, um, and it. It capitulates to this entire thing with with the Warriors this year where I'm just like – again, I don't really know what to expect. I would think that they have enough of a championship DNA and is a smart enough guy in running a locker room and Steph's still one of the best players in the league that they should be all right. But I think a lot of it – and this is like what makes this video – it feels like it's going to be so symbolic of everything is like, how is Graymon going to play into a role where he's being slowly phased out of the team while he's due for a max contract extension?
1: And doing shit like this. <laughs> yeah. yeah.
2: Yeah. Well, yeah. While mean, he's suspended.
1: Yeah. I mean, Bill Simmons brought this up, and it's honestly a great point because I thought it was stupid to even entertain the idea that like this would actually matter. And that, like, the Warriors aren't going to be any different. Like, I feel like Draymond's just going to come back like he always does, and the team will be fine. But, I mean, it's true. They're not going to be able to pay all these guys eventually. Like, Jordan Poole's due for an extension. Uh, Andrew Wiggins, I'm pretty sure, is due for an extension. And, obviously, Draymond's due for an extension. And it would have been tough to let Draymond go. But maybe you see this. You just almost use it as a scapegoat. Be like, all right, like, Draymond, it's, this is the reason we're citing, and we got to kind of let you go. I don't know if it happens. I don't think it's going to happen this year. Like, some people are dropping nairs. It's going to happen this year already. I think, no. I think they're definitely going to, like, fire on this season, try and win one more if possible um, in a much deeper West. Like, it's not going to be as easy as it was last year. That's for sure. Uh, but I cannot see them not trying. I think ultimately they're going to be fine. Like, Draymond's already coming back uh, to practice, and he's going to be there in opening night. I think it's a little bit of an overreaction, again, just because a video came out. Uh, yeah. Other than that, I think I think it'll be okay in the end.
0: It'll be okay in the end, but it's just definitely not good. Like, how can you call someone that your teammate after someone that goes out? Like, it does really suck. And I, I think I've, my relationship with the Warriors in this podcast is definitely a little gray. I, I like, root for them, but God, do I not believe in them. But it just it's, – I'll never forget that, like, play-in game that they lost against the Wolves. Oh, sorry, not the Wolves. The Grizzlies, where she just looked ineffective out there and, like, They're starting to put in like a new death lineup and he's just not a part of that. So I, I think this is definitely, like you mentioned, something they could use just to kind of slowly phase him out more and it could be used as a scapegoat. It doesn't, it doesn't make you think of a lot of other things like what's going on in the locker room, just how strong is their culture? We are going to see, they're going to be, if they weren't going to be fun to see how they deal with the finals hangover now, they're going to be really exciting to see. Yeah.
1: It's definitely going to be a storyline to follow. Uh, very early on for sure but i mean i don't even think it's that right but i don't think i have them as on the top of my list as like most likely to win the nba championship this year i just think the nba is going to be deeper this year i'm not like chalking up like oh uh, chemistry issues it's going to be tough like i just think it's in general going to be tough
2: yeah um and the one thing i do think as a plus to them and i think steve you could definitely speak to this more if you're free, um, but Wiseman coming back, they're going to ask him to be stepping into probably a much bigger role because he looks really, really good in uh, the summer league. And I think he's finally ready to be like inserted and actually start playing. Um, so I think that'll be huge for him and see. I'm excited to see how he looks with this team and how um, he, he is like one of like the few actual like centers between him and like Kevon Looney and how they can kind of face those minutes there. Um So, yeah, I'm expecting a lot out of uh, Wiseman, uh, Kaminga, and Moody. I think those young guys are still a ton of fun. And um, Poole stepped up last year, so now it's on one of them to step up and become, like, the next future of this franchise.
1: Yeah, I think those guys kind of give the Warriors the ability to – I don't want to say coast, but I'm going to say coast through the regular season. Like, I don't think they're worried about who they're matching up against in the playoffs or what seed they are. I think they're more worried about keeping Steph Clay and, I guess, Draymond healthy. And I agree with you completely. James Wiseman's looked amazing. I got to watch a lot of him in the summer league. Uh, He was playing in Japan and preseason. The games were like 2 a.m. I was able to watch those. James has been absolutely electric. And I don't think he's going to be starting. I don't think he's going to be playing more than like 25 minutes. But I think he's definitely going to play a massive role for them because after Kevon Mooney, they really haven't had a big man. And if he ever develops, he's that traditional big man. He could play big. He could shoot threes. He could defend well. He's going to be a problem for the rest of the league, honestly, if he adds anything to the mix of the Warriors' rotation.
2: There's just going to be one game against, like, the – uh against, like, Charlotte in, like, January, right? When, like, Golden State, they're, like – they know they're, they're going to rest, like, Steph, Draymond, and Clay, and it's going to be, like, a lineup of, like, Jordan Poole, Moses Moody, Jonathan Comin, James Wiseman, and, like, Wiggins. And, like, that's the game I'm really looking forward to, like, turning into on League is yeah. Like, seeing how all these young guys look when they're giving more and more roles, because I think that's what Kerr's going to do, right? Like, give them more as many opportunities oh, yeah. as they can to, like, play. like And that's what you're saying, like, not coast, but, like, get these guys the opportunities to play without the, the nucleus there to see yeah. how they look come playoffs. Yeah, yeah. it'll
1: be a load management day where all Steph, uh, Clay, and Draymond all sit and Kaminga, Wiseman, and Moody are all going to move into the lineup. And it's going to be awesome, probably. They're going to play with Wiggins. They're going to play with Looney. And then it's going to be – they might lose, but it's definitely going to be fun to see. Um, I'm hyped. Yeah, the Warriors definitely are going to be an interesting storyline to watch play out. Uh, definitely, specifically in the beginning of the year, but all throughout. Before we move on from them, though, I do – hypothetical for you guys. Obviously, um, there was a lot of controversy over the video of Draymond leaking and getting uh, – Exposed to the public, what's the lowest amount of money you'd have to be offered? Uh, by like if you were a Warriors employee, you have oh. that video, what's the lowest you needed to be like leaking that to TMZ?
2: 75,000. I was gonna say like a half a mil just because, really? like, I don't know, you're yeah, yeah. I don't know, just because, like, it's it, it, pretty cool. I'm pretty sure if, if you do a good enough job recording that stuff. You, they probably give you a championship ring. So oh, true, that's a good point. I was with you, John. I, I was thinking like, yeah, fifty k. I'll find a new
1: job. Like <laughs> that'd be fine.
0: Well, or so they... I, I hate to be annoying. Like in the scenario, do they find out it's me? Will I get in trouble? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. If not, then I'm back up to really high. Because I think yeah, I think you're gonna get blackballed out of the NBA. And... <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah, you're I,
1: was, you're I was not saying... getting a job
2: again.
1: <laughs> or what if they just like offer me like, hey, like we'll give you like. 200k to release this video to us whatever what if i just like went to steve kerr and was like you know like tmz's offering me 200k to release this video uh make me an assistant coach or i'm releasing it and then the next day they're like well, steve was, if you're
0: just, like i think if you're just on like an nba like if, like if you're employed by nba team you must like have a pretty great salary in the first place so why don't uh, yeah. what is this guy doing like, like but, come on the talk about what's going on in your life. Why are you doing stuff like this?
1: Yeah, that's, it did make everything way worse. No, it definitely did. Uh, but yeah, I don't know. If if it's breaking that I'm, I've been hired as a Warriors assistant coach in the next couple of days, you'll know why.
0: And the pod just ends or it's just another <laughs> you know, Riley
1: Morkin show. Yeah. Not- <laughs> Alright, so kind of moving on now to some general like, off-season takes. Um, did you guys have any, besides the teams that we've already talked about, any off seasons by any teams that stood out to you in a bad or a good way, Riley? You can go first if you had one.
2: Uh in a good way, as much as I hate to admit it, uh, Philly. I think Philly got a lot better. Um, I think like getting PJ Tucker in there. I mean, we always make fun of him, but um, these are the kind of playoff guys they need to kind of like bolster this crew around them. Harden, again, like you can take what he, his words of the greatest solid. I, I assault, I'm sorry, I'm definitely... just
1: gonna – I'm gonna interrupt you and pause you. I just wanna commend you for Saying good things about PJ Tucker, uh, over the over a year, I feel like you've grown to accept the goodness of PJ Tucker. So good.
2: Idea. Well, he yeah, I mean he's a playoff body, you know, <laughs> like he's not, he's not. You're not gonna be throwing out, you know, Denwell House. No, it's I I, be I agree PJ with you. I'm just,
1: I'm just proud of you. I'm proud of
0: you to you finally get it. Quantify what he does. He just like scared. He just yeah. puts the fear of God into the opponents
2: out there. I think you were just blinded a yeah.
1: bit by Heat culture, but you realize like you know what this guy's not that bad.
2: Yeah, I was blinded by Heat culture and the fact that Durant was like, averaging like forty-seven against <laughs> them. <true.
1: But>, um, <laughs> yeah, continue. Sorry.
2: Uh yeah, but I I think they got a lot better. they're bolstering their their bench depth, uh, with like obviously bringing in Tucker, bringing in Farrell. Uh, I know I already mentioned Benwell House. Um, they yeah, got all Melton. these those guys back. Yep, Danthi Mountain. They got I a bunch of these. Uh... Yeah, no, he's good too. Um. I think Harden, it's going to be mostly big on him, right? Like, if Harden can actually, like, show up and play big minutes, if he's more like – even, like, last year, Brooklyn Harden. Like, he doesn't have to be or, – or not last year, the two years before, like, when he first got to Brooklyn. Um, if he can even look like that, they should be okay with how good, like, Embiid is playing at this point. Um, I think this is probably – the best team of the Joel and Beat era. I don't know. Maybe. Probably besides um, the time they had Jimmy. But I think I
0: Maxi's prime to just get better and better yeah. too. The,
2: yeah. The team so, they had when they I'm had Jimmy
1: was amazing, but I agree with you. This is definitely up there.
2: Yeah. So I I think they've definitely killed it this offseason. And um they're officially like, on my radar of like teams yeah. to be worried about in the East.
1: Yeah, I think with skinny Harden, I think they're definitely actually have to be taken seriously. I said it when you brought it up. I brought it up. I don't even know. But the trade for DeAnthony Melton, I think that guy was just not able to be unleashed in Memphis, playing behind John Moran. Now he's – I mean, he's still going to be on, uh, in a bench role, but I just think he's primed to make a – I don't want to say a leap, but just like be a very, very relevant player for them, playing like 20, 25 minutes because a big problem for them has been bench depth in the, uh, in the past – and like you said, they did a really good job to up that. So, I agree. I think they had a really good offseason. And I believe – I I, I hate to say it, but I believe James. I believe Harden. I think he's in shape. I think he's bought in. And if he's bought in, I think this Philly team could be special.
2: Well, yeah. I think he just kind of knows, like, this is it, right? Like, if it's not happening, if in, like, these next couple years in Philly, it it's not happening at all. So, like, he, I think this is his, like, one last ride as, like, being a guy on a playoff team. Yeah. I think mean, we all don't
0: envision any hardened shove-outs this year, but we say that a lot of times. Yeah, <laughs> like, true. Imagine, he's like, I got to be on the Magic. be <laughs> <I> mean, it's going to be great. Maybe people act like that. This league, man, it's a deep league. <laughs> I imagine that.
1: I've wanted oh, to play with Paolo all my life.
2: <laughs> <I've>, <laughs> ever, I've, since I've, ever since I ever since I watched him. Yeah. Since he
1: was nine. <laughs> uh, John, did you have an offseason that stuck out to you?
0: Uh, the big ones like we talked about, I really do think you're right, Riley. is the best team that they've had. I think Joel's ego is just so like controlled. He's not the same guy he used to be. The whole like it didn't, it didn't matter where they put Ben Simmons, he had to go just because like their relationship on that team just wasn't made to last. So that's great. I'm excited for that. I have like an answer that we're gonna talk about when it comes to the biggest trades of the offseason, so I'll hold it for that. But I'm, I'm kind of interested in the Portland Trail Blazers. Uh, they locked up Yusuf Nurkic for some time. Love that they got Gary Payton the second. And I do like the Jeremy Grant move a bit. Let's see what happens in Portland. Yeah, <laughs> it's I mean, not be that's... much of anything, but.
1: <laughs> no, that's fine. Uh, I definitely, kind of... I, I still don't know if I agree with the Anthony Simons move. I, I like the player, but I mean, if the Knicks paid him $100 million, we'd be clowned for it. Um. Yeah, we paid Jalen Brunson the same amount of money, who I believe much more in. Uh, so I think that was one of the more questionable moves in general. But yeah, I mean, bringing in Gary Payton, Jeremy Grant, I kind of yeah. like. Yeah, and they had a decent draft. Shaden Sharp has a ton of potential. That's
0: thing too. He's been looking really exciting in preseason games.
1: Yeah, it's they're, they're going to be interesting this year because they're they're going to be one of two ways, right? It's like they're either going to be back to the playoffs and like the the lower ed uh, echelon of the playoff teams. We're just tanking again. There's, I don't know, I don't know if I see like a middle of the road, uh, path for the
2: Blazers.
0: I agree. I yeah. think uh, I'm leaning much towards them just being mediocre to like their absolute overreach as being a playing team just because of how how good the league is in general i mean we really do always say it. we joke around i always thought of like the first bad team that came to mind when it came to hard and shove out and like, the magic might be nuts this year truly it might be nuts so that's why we really do think that there might be some expansion teams coming so i just don't know if they can really hack it i might go ahead and just kind of slowly if it looks yeah i think we are primed for this next topic um unless did you have any other teams that you, you guys want to talk about before i kind of move us to to trades quickly
1: uh, there's one team I did want to shit on real quick, and then yeah. and then we could go into trades. Uh, the team I thought had maybe the single worst offseason um, <laughs> that we haven't talked about is actually Charlotte. Um, no yeah. one, no yeah, one yeah. really talks about the fact that their head coaching debacle was an absolute disgrace. I mean, they wanted to bring in Atkinson, and then Atkinson was like, yeah, I'll, I'll coach you guys. Then he was like, wait a minute, this is a shit show. I'm out of here. So they bring in Steve Clifford, who, like, coached them a few years ago, and they're like, you know what? The guy we fired, this is the solution to our problems. Let's bring in this guy. So their coaching situation's an absolute mess. And then uh, Lamella Ball's already hurt. He got hurt a couple days ago, and he's going to be missing the beginning of the year. So that's a mess. I mean, I'm not going to bring up, like, specifics, but Miles Bridges, see. But, like, he was one of their yeah. best players. Like, that's, that's going to be a huge loss for them. Asshole. Yeah. Yeah. Fucks. No, I'm stuff. with you, Steve. And like, yeah, like um the team's not good, but a lot of it was just because of a shitty offseason. It's not like they, they were they were a play-in team last year and now they're just gonna be dog shit.
2: Yeah it. it's Charlotte and uh Indiana are the only two teams that I'm like confident are like these are the ones that are gonna be bad in the East. Anyone else that think can compete for the play in? Those are the only ones I'm like, yeah, Indiana, Charlotte. I'm I'm getting nothing for you guys.
1: Well like at least Indiana, right? We don't need to talk too much about them, but like I feel like they have a plan. I feel like they're like, let's tank. <laughs> Whereas Charlotte, I feel like they're just a mess and they don't even wanna be. I
0: wanted them to get Christian Wood pretty bad. I thought he would have been a really complimentary player to Lomelo.
1: Yeah, they they're just I feel like they were primed for that uh that position just to shit on them a little bit when we are talking about off seasons. But now we can move on to kind of the trades now, John.
0: Yeah, so to lead into just the most perfect fit, and I, I will always remember where I was when I learned that Donovan was not going to be a Nick, and I was surprised just where he went. But as it settled in, like, he's a perfect fit for the Cavs. They were an awesome, really surprising team last year, and I think they're going to be even better this year. Does that put them in the finals? I don't think so, but they were great and, like, really exciting last year throughout the regular season, and there was, like, maybe a glimmer that they, like, looked nuts in the – playing game and take down a really sad looking Brooklyn team. But yeah, I'm I'm really hyped. I think Donovan just actually, like, even though he's like in like not even the middle of his career, it's still really young, he's just gonna bring such a level of leadership and like kind of like a veteran presence to this really well put together team that even though they're full of kids, like they play like professionals. I think it's like him, Garland and Mobley are gonna mesh together so well.
2: And uh, Ricky Rubio, Yeah
1: no I couldn't speak more highly about the Cavs if I wanted to. I could speak about them all day and how much I love that team and that organization. You brought up Rubio. He was so big for the leap they made last year, and when he got hurt, that made it had such an impact, and they were never the same team after that. You have a full year of Karis LeVert. Uh, Whether he starts or comes off the bench, I think he still matters. I don't think he's a bad player. Um, but when he's gonna now be the fifth or sixth option on your team instead of okay. a guy who has to be a top two option, I think that puts him in a really good spot. They have Okoro who I like as a depth piece. Kevin Love's still there. Like I really love the team. I'm excited to talk about the top four guys.
2: <laughs> I love yeah, I, I don't think I don't think I can add anything more to the uh, Cav's talk. I feel like talked about it a lot in our Mitchell Trade Pod. I think they're just gonna be they're gonna be nice. I'm excited and fun fun to watch yeah just
0: rides right in there and him and ruby are boys from the jazz days like this is going to be wild
1: yeah definitely and then that kind of brings us and like swings us into our uh, next topic uh going off of that we already talked about donovan so if they are your answer uh we can just kind of move on and go into the other two but do you guys think donovan Dejounte, or rudy gobert is going to have the biggest impact in terms of the big offseason trades that happen this year
2: um, from my perspective, I think Rudy is gonna have the biggest impact on uh what he's gonna bring all the elder bring to the Timberwolves. I think we all kind of talked a little bit about like um how much of an overpay in terms of trade assets they traded for Rudy Gobert. But um again, like just because of that the package they got for him doesn't mean that we should be looking over the fact that like Rudy is a relatively valuable player if he's in the right situation. And for me, this is actually the perfect situation because he's now going to be playing the five. Only goal being defensive, defensive uh, prowess paired with Carl Anthony Towns, who may be the best – he is the best shooting big man in, uh, in the NBA. So excited to see how it works when you have two guys playing the same position, one who's entirely focused on offense, one who's entirely focused on defense. I think the switching there is going to be super fun to watch. And um it'll be able to run like basically the funnel that they did in jazz in uh, Utah, but on steroids. and uh, I, I can't wait to see how it looks.
0: It just has such a high upside, right? Like we haven't seen uh, a yeah, a front court like that in such a long time. I Probably think we're all Pe
1: and Anthony Davis. That's the last thing I could compare it to.
0: Yeah, that was just more yeah. like, like a rental like. They're clearly all into this. When you look at how much they gave up to them. We're all big Chris Finch fans, I think. I think we're all behind the Wolves. We love cat, so it's going to be awesome to send him together. I think out of those three, though, my biggest, like, just maybe question mark for fit is DeJounte. I just don't know how him and Trey are going to play off each other. If you guys see it, please let me know.
1: Well, yeah, I mean, it's honestly interesting, right, because you're putting two point guards together uh, on the Hawks, and then you're putting two centers together on the Wolves. And yeah. we're, we're going to kind of see, like, which one works, which one doesn't. They both fail the yeah, they both could fail. They both could work. Who really knows? Uh, I don't know necessarily. I think I agree with you both. I think I, in theory, the T-Wolves guys should work better because they're more of compliments. Whereas I feel like Trey and DeJounte both work better with the ball in their hands. We, ha- I mean, we haven't seen Trey play off the ball before in his career. I think he'll be able to do it. But I think part of like the best qualities in this game was that he would average basically like 30 and 10 Shooting great from the field, shooting great from the free throw, and dominate games that way, and taking the ball out of his hands and putting it into Dejounte's a lot. Who need also averages a lot of assists. It's just can, I think that one has is going to be harder to mesh than the T Wolves guys.
2: Yeah, and I think we're also at a point where, I guess if you count the the Warriors that in twenty twenty fifteen be the last time, but I'm struggling to think of a time in recent memory where. Uh, an NBA team one with the backcourt being the two best players, but that mm-hmm. hasn't happened in a while. So, and having a guy like a, uh, like Trey young, who again adds a lot offensively, but it is an absolute liability on defense for, for DeJounte, who is much more well-rounded. I think that's good. Um, and I did like that. They kind of did what we were saying. They, they did like the fantasy football thing where they basically package like four. Okay. Players for one really good one. Um, so uh, I'm interested to see how, how that one will play out. I, I'm leaning towards the fact that I'd be a little bit more skeptical of them, of all three of the of the trades of Donovan, Rudy, and DeJounte Murray. They're the team that I feel like is most likely to be like in the play in versus those other teams. Yeah.
0: I just feel like they're lateral. I feel like what they gave up from they lost a lot of depth. I like I thought wasn't Kevin Herter a bit of a hero two seasons ago. I don't think he ended up being as good as he was in that um in that 21 playoff season when they made it as far as the Eastern conference finals. But like, I don't know. Keep him like, he's just a consistent player. I just, I don't like the way this team's looking. The funniest thing to me, I don't know if you guys saw this, it went pretty viral. It was like a set of Polaroids of all like the, like the starting five for the Hawks and under each of like the, in like in the white space and Sharpie was written their team expectations and like Trey and DeJounte, DeAndre Hunter Expectations—they were like finals. Clint Capella was like <laughs> Eastern Conference Finals Game Six. <laughs> I did see that I loved that a lot. Awesome. I—I I think that's like a bit of an overreach. I just don't really see it from this team. And they that was kind of their story last year, right? Like on paper, they were really good, but they just kind of couldn't get wins. I think they're just—they're the opposite of the Cavs. I think they're—they think they're young, talented guys but with so much ego, where the Cavs are young, talented with no ego. So I, I don't have any faith in that. Weird move. And just the DeJounte, was really surprising how much he's barking at Palo. Nervous for that. Don't love it.
1: Yeah, I think I think we could all agree. I think the highest ceiling of all of this is going to be the Cavs. Like if you told me one of these teams was making a run to the conference finals, I, I would believe in them more so because I think they have more of a foundation that they built around and then are just sure. adding Donovan to it. Um, I I can't really see the Hawks or the Wolves being more than like a five seed i don't know i think they'll be both fine at 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 their peaks but do we really think of them either of them as like a real contender i don't think so
2: i'm much more bullish on the the wolves than i think either you guys are i think they're gonna be better but i agree i think the hawks may struggle and i i wouldn't put them in like the top contention you even like that middle tier with like cleveland and everybody um i think it's much more likely they're in the playing tournament than not I, I
1: understand that, that viewpoint of being high on the wolves, but like also I mean, we've seen Rudy Gobert in the playoffs many a times. Like I just I can't fathom an idea. Like I, I love Anthony Edwards. I think he can really lead them. But like I just think by the end of the day, the Jazz have been the one seed before and then Rudy gets into the playoffs and everything goes to shit. I don't necessarily see that if that changes. Maybe it does, but I, I don't hate the take. But I'm just that's kinda of where I'm at with him. I just hate him as a player.
0: I'm just all in on Kermit, too. We want to see what Kermit brings to the table. Yeah,
1: that's I think gonna that, that's the play- difference.
0: We're going to talk later about players making leaps. It sounds like a really easy answer because I feel like he's done this almost like twice already in his career. But I just feel like we should expect another one out of him. And Rudy's played with an incredibly electric player for a long time in Donovan, but he's never had both someone like Kat and Kermit. So
1: Yeah, that should be we're in. for sure. Uh, one of the one of the last real pieces of news from the offseason that I think we need to catch up about, because uh, this has kind of been going on since the last time we recorded. And honestly, it's probably going to have the biggest impact on the NBA this year, even though it has nothing to do with players in the league. Uh, and that's Wemban Yama and Mr. Scoot uh, down in the G League and down in France or up in France, I guess. Um, they, they squared off in two exhibition games. And, my God, I think these two players might be some of the best players that we've ever seen, maybe. Like, it's that easy yeah. it to say that.
2: Yeah. No, they looked awesome. I loved watching both of them, honestly. Like, I like we never watch as any- much Victor as possible. Yeah,
1: I feel like we've never had anything like this where we're really highlighting these guys, like, a year before the draft. And, like, I think Scoot would be, like, a top uh, – a number one pick most drafts and probably one of the more hyped-up guys but Webman Yama is so crazy that like, he's getting all this LeBron comparisons, all these – well, he's not even getting many comparisons because they're they're literally calling him an alien or a unicorn or whatever you want to call him because he's literally unlike anything we've ever seen before. Um, and as cool as it's been to watch, as special as it's been, it's really, really going to affect the NBA this year because I think we're going to have more tanking than ever, and I think it's going to be open. I think it's going to be accepted. I think like teams like the Spurs are just gonna be like, yeah, we're, we want Victor. Like, we're going for it. Yeah. Um, the- Jazz are prime for it, though. you got to think it's going to be the Jazz. Yeah, the I mean, the Jazz and the Spurs are literally going to have a tank off. of Who can win – or, sorry, who could lose the most games. The Pacers are definitely, I think, going to join that front at some point. But my question to you guys um, is if there's any teams you think might at some point just be like, you know what, let's go for it. Let's just start losing. Let's blow it all up. Let's go uh, for Victor. Let's go for Scoot. Uh, John, did anyone come to mind for you right away?
0: I can kind of see Chicago. I'm nervous about. I mean, we were skeptical about them going into the year last year, so I'd hate to feel like we just made the same mistake. And they're really consistent and exciting, and that was a real moment in time with Demar. But I just think they might hit hit a wall because they're out on out on Lonzo again, and he is so effective when he's playing well with that team. And I'm just a little a little nervous to see if Demar is that good again. So it's I gonna think,
1: be hard for him to play that well again.
0: I think I can see Chicago doing that, and I just don't think we should ever doubt OKC's ability to tag. Oh,
1: that's <laughs> true. I I can't believe yeah. I didn't include them. They're definitely going to be, especially yeah. if they get out for the year. They're definitely
2: going to. Uh, be. So sad, uh, dude. I'm hoping I'm hoping for anybody but them because like they don't deserve it. They're, they're just keep, keep getting, getting like all these hard. like.
0: Oh, because they just got yeah, they just got um, just got a home grin. like that was like you can't just like keep. Not, no, this isn't the one we want. Like,
2: just start
1: playing basketball. Devil's advocate though. Chet and Victor, that'd be absurd.
2: (laughs) No, dude, because you know what? It's going to take me off because they're going to get Wembenyama too. And it's going to be like, Wembenyama, SGA, Chet. And it's like, all right, this is like a, a Gideon. It's like, this is a nucleus to go with. And then uh, Presty's going to be like, oh, I don't know. Maybe <laughs> we still need one more, like, depth piece. And then they rest everybody for, like, the entire season. They win, like, 23
1: not- games. And yeah, then SG demands a trade and it's all over.
0: Yeah. it's, it's- Dan Presty loves to tag. He can't yeah. – he doesn't
2: want to start trying. He's just nervous. You, know, you got your crew. Move on.
1: Yeah, so, uh, yeah I mean, this is probably going to be the only segment that we're, like, talking about the- these – bottom-of-the-barrel teams that aren't even going to be trying this year. Uh, But it's so interesting to see, like, how well they position themselves for it. I mean, the the Spurs are going to be leaning on Keldon Johnson as their number one guy, who I like a lot, like, played for Team USA, like, is a very good player. But, I mean, at best on, like, a championship team, what's he, a third option at best? Maybe a fourth option? Like, they're not going to – they might win, like, seven games. The Jazz, I mean, until they trade – they they still have Conley – they still have and They still have a couple guys, but you know they're getting traded. They're going to be an absolute mess. It's gonna. It's weirdly going to be fun to like track how many games these teams are. No. Uh, Riley, did you have a team yeah. to watch kind of for the tankathon?
2: Um. Yeah. I mean, we talked a little bit about them already, but yeah, I think Charlotte. I think there's a real opportunity where if, if this doesn't start out well that they're like, all right, well, like, it's going to be LaMelo as, like, our guy and then everyone else can kind of disappear and they trade Terry and Hayward and Plumlee and Ubre and all these guys are, like, the deadline. And just move and, um, on. you yeah. you go in with a really young crew of just being like, all right, this is going to be LaMelo. Let's see how many games LaMelo can win on his own.
1: Yeah. For me – I I mean I already shit on them enough, um, but I couldn't agree more. I just question if they're gonna be like smart enough. I really don't know if they're smart enough to be like we should tank. I think they may be like, guys, we could get to the tenth seed. We could do this. And I'll just like think they're idiots forever. But I agree with you. I think if there's a team primed for it, it's definitely them. Um Maybe throw
0: last... Washington into
2: it. Just because oh, they're yeah, so weaker. I,
1: I had know. them I had them on my short list for sure. They could just
2: trade Beal and be like, Yep, we're done. The thing is, the things you can't trade Beal because like no one's gonna take on. Yeah, no one wants deals. You're right. They they
1: might be forced against tanking because they can't get rid of their star. I I watched a clip of him
0: on Old Man on the Three, JJ Reddick's podcast, and like he was talking about how he wants to win with Washington and that contract, and he was just like doing it through his teeth. I'm just, you do this, Brad.
2: Their only hope for that would be like if Bradley Beal had like a thing that Dame had last year where he just like goes away in like mid-November and just never comes back and everyone kind of just forgets they exist. He's just like, oh, okay, well, I'm going to just disappear. Go watch, uh, go play some 2K for a (laughs) few months. Let me know when you need me. Well, it's like they might be
1: contributing to their cause too by probably having the worst draft pick in the last draft. Johnny Davis looks like. An absolute bust already, and it's hard to call players before the season start a bust. But he's looked horrible in preseason, horrible in summer league. He's not even like getting minutes. Like, if you horrible want to, in tank, the
2: Taco Bell commercial,
1: yeah, that, that he's honestly had more airtime on the Taco Bell commercial, and he's gonna have court time. Uh, if you want to tank having a horrible draft pick the year before, it definitely helps. Um, my pick too is we already kind of touched on them in terms of their mediocrity. I mean, is there a chance the Blazers just trade Dame somewhere? Like, I feel like that's always a possibility. It's always talked about. Why can't they just, you know, like, you know what, Dame? You wanted to go before. Where do you want to go now? We'll send you somewhere.
0: I don't know. I think that guy's name. with Portland. I read an article today about
1: how much he, like,
0: he just really, he, if he leaves, it's just nuts. It's – this isn't – This isn't him. This is on, Yeah, I guess it's, like, them. They should move him.
1: That's what I'm saying. Like – I don't Basically. think James going to leave on his own. But do the Blazers finally go, all right, it's time. We want to tank. See ya. He's a pretty tough contract, too, though. I think teams will like, bite on him, though, more so for, than Beal. But of I agree.
0: Great piece, though, than, than Biel at this point.
1: Yeah. But, yeah, it should be interesting to see how all that plays out.
0: I can't believe we have this. Like, I think we, we all knew about Victor, but I think once they start playing those games, we realize how good these two guys are. Yeah. It's uh, it's like it's, – I think it's up there with Zion.
1: Right. I think it's way past Zion, which is crazy because Zion was very hyped up. But in my uh, time of being an NBA fan, I don't think there's been anything like this, especially because no, it... with the new lottery format, like the the um, like it, you don't know if you're gonna get like a one, two, or three. Having a fallback option of oh, we got two, we can still get Scoot. It just promotes tanking more. It's like oh, like oh well, maybe we can still get two.
2: Yeah, it it reminds me much more of like the Trevor Lawrence like sweepstakes yeah. a few years ago in the NFL of it just being like, well, this guy's this guy's like the clear number one, like anyone who gets there is going to get him. And so, and all the, all the while you had like the buildup for him for the past, like two, two years being like, who's going to be bad enough to get Trevor.
1: Yeah, literally. All right. But yeah, it, that I think is going to be an interesting storyline to kind of watch play out uh, throughout the year. Um, before we close out the pod with a few predictions, uh, of wanted to go rapid fire with you guys. We can fly through this. Um, it's kind of a little segment I'm calling. Remember me. Um, there's actually a lot of guys uh, in the NBA stratosphere that are coming back this year, who we really haven't seen play basketball in a really long time. Some for contenders, some for middle of the road teams, but I'm kind of curious, quick takes on what you guys think uh, these guys are going to impact their teams on if those teams are going to be able to make a run with them and whatnot. So uh, I think the most important one and the most, uh, Interesting storyline throughout the offseason has been the return of Zion. Is he in shape? Is he ready to play some basketball? Uh, John, did you think the Pelicans are going to be able to make a leap this year adding Zion to their already pretty stacked roster?
0: For this team, it's going to be like drafting like a, like a top like a top pick again, just with how much they've changed since the last time Zion played with them. Remember when they were getting really exciting, like heading into the playoffs last year and even during it? Like, what if like, Zion's ready? What if you could just add him? <laughs> Really fun with like Ingram cooking and you have like CJ really meshing with this team and like being a lot better than people thought he would. And then you have Alvarado. Like that was super exciting. And a lot of people, someone that we know very well and listen to all throughout the week loves Herb Jones. I don't know. i let a lot of stock at Herb Jones Island. <laughs> <laughs> people love Herb Jones. Some people we know. So just add Zion there. It's awesome. He's actually the one. Oh, it's maybe the one I am most confident in. I can actually definitely say it's the one I'm most confident in out of all these guys we're going to rattle through really quickly. It's not the one I'm most excited for, though, because there is one I'm, I'm more excited for. But I do really think it's going to just be awesome. I think it's good. Signed, sealed, and delivered. It's got the, the John Oz stamp of approval.
2: Yeah, I think the only thing that I'm, I'm excited, really excited to see, and I want to know how he as a player and face of a franchise is going be able to adapt is that this is not the same Pelicans team that it was uh, two years ago when Van Gundy was running the ranks. That basically was like, Zion, you are the entire offense. You just kind of cook and, like, do your own thing, and, like, we'll get to, back to everybody else when we get back to them. Um, this team is much more balanced and layered now and has different roles for everybody. So I'm very curious to see how he falls in the point where he doesn't have to, like, be the number one facilitator of the entire game and, like, maybe has to take over right at the end when things get hairy. But how does he fit into the system and not as much making it his own system? Yes. It really is a
1: team. I think uh, this is a team probably I've done with the biggest 360 on. Uh, I, w- I actually listened to our pod, our season preview pod from last year just to uh, kind of spark some ideas of how we were going to record this one. And I think all of us, specifically me and you, though, Riley, were like, this Pelicans team is awful. Yeah. Like, this team <laughs> on them, Yeah, like I we were so off them. At the time it wasn't like it wasn't even confirmed Zion was not going to be around. Like we were still calling them bad because we didn't believe in Brandon Ingram and I still kind of don't, but that's a, more of a me problem. Uh but nowadays I think this team has more of a ceiling than anybody. I, I love their coach. Willie Green's absolutely amazing. I say it all the time. I'd run through a brick wall for that guy. And I think the addition of CJ McCollum just at the uh, you saw the impact that he had throughout the uh, throughout the playoffs and the play-in leading up to the end of the regular season when they needed to win game after game, even to make the play-in. And this, ge- this team is just completely different than it was uh, a few, like uh, uh, literally a year ago today. It's completely different. I'm completely bought in. And I think the return of Zion, I truly believe in him. I always have since Duke. I think he's going to be able to bring them to a new level. Uh, we made fun of him uh, literally five minutes ago, but sometimes Bill Simmons does have some good points. It'll be interesting to see how this team functions without a real point guard, though. I mean, we saw it with the Celtics a little bit in the past where they have Jalen Brown, they have Jason Tatum, they have all these guys who could eat, but they just don't have somebody who can, like, set them up and give them the ball. Um, so I just hope that won't be an issue. I think they'll be fine either way, but I'm really excited for the Pelicans.
2: Okay. Uh,
1: moving on, the return, I think, of the Claw – Kawhi, Kawhi Leonard, my last year's finals pick, the L.A. Clippers, I was adamant that Kawhi was going to return for the playoffs and carry this team to the promised land. He didn't, but he's back now, and I still think they might carry him to the promised land. It's just a year a year past the prophecy, a year too late. Uh, Riley, do you think the return of Kawhi Leonard is going to have an impact?
2: I'm sure it's definitely going to have an impact. The question is, does he play more than, like, 55 games? Um, and, and, and I feel like... I'm talking about the Clippers and whatever they're going to be. This is another Simmons thing where I'm just like, can I see it first? (laughs) I I just want to see it. I just want to see it. Um, Because, yeah, I don't really know what what they're going to be. But I I do know that he'll be balling out because I think people forget that, like, in the playoffs in 2021, before he tore his ACL, he looked like he was the best player in the NBA. And and I don't mean that hyperbolically. Like, he looked – just like an absolute stud and just tearing through teams. Um, so if he can return to that form, then I think it's going to be very, very fun to watch. Yeah, for Kawhi myself,
0: I feel I'm mean, the same back to Bo. This is not going to be too exciting of a, uh, of a classic Skip Bayless team in this showdown. I don't really have too much to contrast. I, I think it could be insane because, yeah, that playoff run, he could just get that mid-range jumper like any he had that shot anytime he wanted to. When he's on, he's on. But is it just like the law of averages where he's just like been gone for so long? He's like, time to go win a title. Like I said, on he's like, Yeah, I should go do it. Like, it's just so bizarre. You really can't go ahead and guess for anything. I feel like this team almost has to be perfect. It is a perfect team. Like, I think they have a lot of depth. Like, their best nine when it gets really nitty-gritty in the playoffs might be really great. I think they even have some really exciting young guys and Terrence Mann. But I think everyone has to be playing to their utmost for it to kind of work. Like, they don't really have much room for variables is what freaks me out. So, just a little little question mark behind that.
1: Yeah, I don't know if this – I can't speak on the situation. I don't know if this is how – crack addicts feel out there and if you're struggling with addiction <laughs> i'm really sorry well, i'm extremely addicted to the la clippers i don't know what it is about me i don't know what's wrong with me but i love, love this team i have just it's not even just about Kawhi and paul george it's bringing in john wall it's norman powell off the bench it's reggie jackson off the bench it's robert covington off the bench it's marcus morris i just they have so Get many jersey oh you have, have one um, I do, I do have uh, a Marcine Gortat Clippers jersey. Oh, beautiful! Uh, but um, I don't know. I have a Paul George uh, Pacers jersey as well, so I rep them in different ways. Uh, but yeah, it's just something about this team. I really, really. It's just because I bought in last year, and Kawhi just never came back for me. That I feel like I have to buy in this year completely. Um, as long as they stay healthy, I agree. He might only play like forty to fifty games in the regular season, but I think once the postseason comes along, yeah, the Clippers have a little and uh. Uh, what's the word? They have a little cloud around them as chokers, a little bit, but I think this year could be different. I don't know. I've really bought in, um, and excited to see kind of how that team gels because, on paper, they're probably one of the most talented teams in the NBA.
0: I'm excited, like, I just yep. want like, everyone to be competitive and the best guys out there. So, to see Kawhi like ready to play game one again is a great thing for the league.
1: All right, um, and again, remember me. Uh, remember the Nikola Jokic, our back-to-back MVP, usually wasn't supposed to be doing this all alone. He has a two guys named Jamal Murray and Michael Porter Jr. Uh, John, do you think uh, the return of these two guys is going to be able to help take the Nuggets to the next level?
0: I'm stoked. <laughs> Here comes my Stephen A. moment. <laughs> um, this is going to be one of the best teams in the Western Conference, without a doubt. And it's insane. Like they, he really hasn't had both these guys during both of his MVP runs and him becoming one of the best players in the NBA history. Nikola, was wasn't Nikola Jokic on the NBA seventy five list?
1: Um, I think uh, I don't remember. I, don't I, so. I actually
2: don't think he was. Wasn't he? I don't remember? Yeah. he's, he's really, not, no. I don't think he, he was. That's nuts.
0: It's cr- yeah. Well, anyway, <laughs> hyperbolic talk here, but like he really, when all said and done, will be one of the best players to ever play the game to one two in a row. He's like changing the game. And for him to all do that without like just this incredible support is wild to me. I'm even more excited about Jamal. I love Jamal Murray. I really loved that guy for a long time. I thought his playoff antics against the Blazers were like just electric. Even like when the Blazers beat them in that seven game series that had all those over it's overtimes that one game uh, in nineteen I think he's just super excited to watch. I think they complement each other really well. And then he did all of his heroics in the bubble. So I am personally just really excited for one of my fan favorite players to come back. And just to see how they mesh now, I think it's going to be great. I think Michael Malone, not Mike, Michael Malone, (laughs) is an excellent head coach. MPJ is just a lot of big upside, you know. But, again, I think the team has kind of gotten better since they've been gone. I think Gordon hasn't been fantastic for them, but he's been good for them. I think we should all be hyped about the Nuggets and hyped about these two guys coming back. I think Jokic can just play well with anyone. I don't think he has a huge ego. I think his play style is, like, known for being extremely flexible with the way he dishes it out. It's going to be a good just ease back into it with these two.
2: Yeah, so I I think I'm I'm definitely with you. I'm expecting big things from the Nuggets. Um, I think in terms of what we see with Porter Jr. and uh, with Murray, I tend to – Go into that that phase of maybe being like they may be a year away from being like back to their own production. So maybe next year is the one where they like really are like making serious title runs. But um, I I wouldn't be surprised if they're competing for uh the Western Conference for sure. I think they uh are gonna be really really good, and I think Jamal Murray is gonna be really really important to how this team looks moving forward. Yeah,
0: I am nervous, but I hope it looks the same.
1: Yeah, I agree. It's after having that long of a layoff, you always wonder. It's like, is this player going to be the same? Uh, but I believe in Jamal. I believe in everything the Nuggets are doing. I th- really think the Nuggets are going to be a team where they're going to be at the top of the Western Conference, probably like a one or two seed this year. Still, might not be their time in the postseason. I still think teams like the Warriors and Clippers and other teams we'll talk about probably are fair better uh, for that uh, for that run. But in terms of the regular season, I think Jokic is going to carry him to an absolutely amazing regular season. And just along with Murray, along with getting Porter back, you bring in Contavious Caldwell-Pope, you bring in Bruce Brown, who I like a lot, and you have Bones off the bench, who I love. That's I think incredible. yeah, I think this team is going to be a lot of fun and a really serious threat uh, in the West. Um, all right, and then uh, I had this guy written down, but we're just going to do this really quickly. Uh, I had Ben Simmons r- written down, but can we all agree that we just don't care, and, like, let's let's watch the Nets play a few games before we make a take about what we think he's actually going to bring because I just don't care.
2: Yeah, I don't even really want to talk about the Nets, to be honest. Cool. <laughs>
1: All right, so Nets team, we don't care. We've talked about you enough in the offseason. You guys are a bunch of losers, and go have fun, win some games maybe, and then make us talk about you again. Uh, last name before we close out this pod, uh, John, I'm turning it over to you because I love when you talk about this guy. Uh, <laughs> what is the return or temporary return? Cause he's probably going to get hurt again of Mr. Anthony data Davis going to mean for the Lakers and will it matter?
0: The Lakers are a best playing team this year, man. <laughs> Write it down. Now this is a better conference. It's not just the injuries that looked rough last year, his own style of play. He was getting pushed around, man. His defense was not what he used to be. And his, his shooting was really low, and, like, that's kind of what separated him for a long time. He wasn't, like, cat or other – he was not He never really even, like, in the unicorn conversation for big men. But he really did have, like, a smooth mid-range jumper, and that was gone. I think he's just been out for such a long time now. I just have such, such little faith in this Lakers team. And I think the whole thing that rested upon LeBron going to the Lakers and this being, like, a thing where they could win, like, multiple championships – was him playing at an MVP caliber and looking excellent. And we have not seen that since the first year. So I'm out in the Lakers.
1: Out. Yeah. I mean, HT on the Lakers.
2: <laughs> yeah. I think that's that's a really interesting point, John. I'd I never thought of it that way. That, like, the reason that, like, LeBron in, like, clutch, like, strong armed. Davis to LA and like gave up all the, the Lakers assets for like the next like four years was on like the, the precipice that like LeBron and Davis would be able to compete for titles for years to come. And like I mean LeBron's kept up his end of the bargain with it all. And like Davis is
0: the one who's been lacking. <laughs> and this is how it was changing the NBA. It's nuts. It's actually insane. This is why, god damn it, I can't wait for it to come back. It's gonna be sick. But this because so much can happen at one point. We used to always have this argument. And I may have even said Davis. I know a lot of the talking heads at ESPN did. When, like, right before that season kicked off, when LeBron was getting ready to go to uh, to play with the Lakers and, like, the year before they won in the bubble, like, I think a lot of people would take Anthony Davis over Giannis. And, like, no one would even entertain that now. Since then, he's won another MVP, has, like, won a, like, a final, and is, like, one of the most beloved players. Like, he is, like, for the most part either people rank him the first or second best player in the league. And I don't think Davis, like, cracks top 12s. That's how much has changed in, like, yeah. two years. Like, And, again, too, I'll get a lot of it is his injuries. I'll, I feel terrible as man's just – like, his <laughs> knee can't keep him up. And I'm like, bum, bum, you're on. <laughs> like, out a walk, loser. Yeah, come on. It's But it's just, like, I, I don't have a lot of faith in it. I don't really see that dog in him, as we would say.
1: No, yeah. I, no, I, I, I'm I, I'm out on this team. I think Anthony Davis.
0: He's going to suck. Yeah,
1: he, he, just, he just, like, has to play 70, 75 games if they want to be relevant, and I don't think he has it in him. The rest of the team besides LeBron is literally the worst team on paper in the league. They're relying on Kendrick Nunn and Juan Toscano Anderson, and Pat Bethwe, like, but they're not going to be good unless these two can put up, like, 30 points per game each, and Russ figures it out. I don't think they're going to be able to do it. I think they're done. Maybe no,
2: it's like, like, yes. a fine seed. And yeah, and in terms of buying in on Davis, I'd rather be a uh, a year early than a year late. I'd so I'd rather just like be like presently surprised and how well he's able to hold up this year than me being like, I'm in on him and the Lakers this year. And then, like, again, he plays 20 games and just hurts his knee. And that's the last we see of him.
1: Yeah, I agree.
2: That'll do it for part one of this two-part podcast. Make
1: sure to continue on and keep listening over on part two. We are about to kind of get into more of looking ahead to the new season, giving away our biggest surprise teams, the teams we think are going to be the biggest letdown, our our favorite league pass teams, players we think are going to take a leap, players we think are going to suck, our MVP picks, our finals matchups, our finals winners, and a lot more. So once again, Thank you for listening to this podcast, and be sure to continue on into part two.